Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In a very uh, sensational week of IPL games, must be said, and some interesting out-of-the-field news as well. We have a very uh, interesting guest joining us to help us unpack this week's IPL as well as news from all over the world. So we have uh, Dinesh Dino. Uh, hi, Dinesh. Welcome. Hi, Ajit. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I, I've been listening to the podcast and you have a wide array of guests, man. And certainly a pleasure to be part of that today. I look forward to our discussions, man. Thank you very much. You're the second uh, person from the Caribbean uh, background who's been helping us out. So I'm always happy to have people from different parts of the world, cricketing world at least, because we get different perspectives. For example, as an Indian cricket fan or a person who's having some touch with Indian cricket and following it closely, I might have one view, but you are within the region and you may have a completely different view. And I would like to get that on the episode. That's the reason. But uh, nice to hear you've been hearing to us. And uh, of course, uh, before we get started, I ask this of every guest, right? So what got you into cricket? What got you attracted to cricket? You know. Oh, um, how much time do we have here today, man? Uh, I need to write a book about this. But as far <laughs> as I know, Ajit, growing up in Trinidad, in the Caribbean, as far as I can remember, I, as, soon, every, as soon as I could walk, I had a cricket bat in my hand. All right. My, um, my, my dad played club cricket here in Trinidad. And interesting fact is that every single male member of my family played cricket uh, at some club level or higher. And a lot of them played for Trinidad, right? A lot of my family. So cricket was uh, very much ingrained in my family growing up. Uh, there's a, a club growing up called Clark Road United. Uh, that's a professional club in Trinidad and Tobago. And I, as far as I know, as a young man, I was spent a lot of weekends there at that ground with a bat in my hand growing up playing cricket. So that's where I got my start in Trinidad and uh, just continued playing for that club and got into coaching eventually and got into performance analysis and went on to you know, uh, work as a, a coach and a performance anal- analyst in Trinidad and for the West Indies for 10 years. And so f- 15 years of coaching, 10 years of performance analysis. Fantastic. You you will be a very, very useful person to ask some of the questions I have about uh, Caribbean cricket by the looks of it. But also, I must say one thing. You look yeah. incredibly young for somebody whom <laughs> I can make a fair guess of your age. I dare say we're not very far off age-wise, but you look a good yeah. 10 years younger. Oh, man. That, you're being too kind. These are the tricks of the internet. Don't trust it. Well, <laughs> right? 
considering we both use the same internet <laughs> uh, well i'll 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 stop it there but great to yeah. great to you know actually have a chat even yeah. before the episode begins off air yeah all right yeah. so i think we should start off with that amazing game that happened just yeah. now between uh, wow <laughs> delhi capitals and uh, rajasthan royals what is that all about wow of, of course you know ajit my my fascination will focus really on the west indians uh, in the ipl uh, uh, and as well as the overall picture um but mm-hmm. what an exciting finish with two west indians in the final over and it got a bit emotional were a bit haywire in the end uh, it was such a tight game an entertaining game passions were running high um in the end common sense prevailed and we just got a uh, exciting finish right absolutely yeah. uh, you are right in as much that uh, there are some scenes which were a bit unsavory if you are mm-hmm. following cricket on an international uh, level right yeah. uh, captain of uh, delhi capitals rishabh pant i think got a bit carried away emotionally he's a very young man mm-hmm. we forget mm-hmm. that uh, often times very very young man and i think whether that ball was a no ball or not the third ball of the over i think it pretty much was the problem mm-hmm. is the umpires did not choose to ask for a uh, review i think that right. may have been a mistake on their side Right. but these sort of events will probably mean you know eventually the icc will again have to intervene or the playing body will have to probably intervene and say you know from now on all height level height based no balls are also called by the third umpire but that does seem a bit much for me this is a very uh, it's a very in play thing and mm-hmm. the more that happens uh, with the help of the people that are on on field that much better because when you slow it down look you probably get a clearer answer but it takes away a little bit something from the game for me i'm a bit old school maybe that way what are your thoughts on that yeah I, um you know is there is there clarification on that rule um in terms of um when can it be reviewed and should it be reviewed every ball i think that's what pant was you know um a bit angered about they wanted it to be checked and it wasn't you know the, the the ball was dead at that point and they were asking the question uh, um mm. and that's that's where it comes in uh, was it in the control of the umpires to at that point say okay, well we can just check a review or did they feel it was unnecessary you know and yes he went overboard but this is a question um, is it standard you know i don't want to say because i didn't revisit the rules before i came here but you know is the, it, there needs to be some sort of standard in that regard I don't think it will slow down the game Ajit because how many times in a match do we see that type of ball being questioned or bowled in a match where you will say hmm maybe we need to check that you know um but that that's not an excuse you know I think it just needs to be standardized so that we know that we can say look um we they can ask for it for example when a batsman gets out can he not ask for them to check the front foot no ball before previously to each ball being checked you know uh, just an example from what i know or what i remember of the rules this is this sort of a decision is purely under the discretionary powers of the umpire currently right as a batsman you don't get to challenge the type of delivery it is that's what it was right mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it was a legal delivery or not as it turns mm-hmm. out it was not but the on field umpires for now still have a say on whether it's a legal delivery or not and look he had hit it for a six it's more than that probably that free hit would have really changed the course of the game i'll concede that right because yeah. he was in such a good hitting space powman uh, roman powell was simply hitting everything out of the park and he had hit three sixes on the bounce and probably another free hit would have gone for another six and then you know this mm-hmm. equation would have really really become interesting yeah. so did it rob them of a chance definitely i cannot deny that because for me somebody who's sitting outside the fence calling the players in um and more importantly after the game was over i think pant and shardul takur had a go at sanju samson and a couple of their uh, players mm-hmm. that's completely unsavory for me because what what did sanju samson and his bowlers do they bowled a no ball if you ask sanju samson he'll probably say yes that was a no ball what what mistake is it of theirs if the umpire did not call it and do you think uh, samson can go up to the umpire and say give this a no ball that makes no sense exactly so he's he's as much out of control in the situation as pant was in fact pant was more out of control because he was actually outside the game of play right uh, this guy was still inside sanju samson was still the captain and see there are some things under captain's discretionary powers for example there are instances where batsmen have been called back when an umpire uh, has suggested maybe the 
appeal be withdrawn and batsman has come back these things have happened these are still under the captain's purview if you are on the field right but a no ball or a not a no ball is definitely not under your purview you cannot affect it in any way so that felt a bit raw for me because uh, he's an international cricketer and a role model for i dare say millions of people out there rishabh pant no yeah yeah that that left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth and the other thing if ricky ponting who's probably in the hotel because of uh, corona reasons if he were in the dugout do you think such a ruckus would have erupted ah i think you hit the nail on the head there ajit i think that's exactly what happened here today um, had ricky ponting been there he would have led from the front and there wouldn't have been such a a, a big shout in the dressing room or, or it wouldn't have boiled over and to, to to be the situation it has i just think that emotions were running high i did see watson there at some point talking to pant so you know he just needed that uh calming hand on the shoulder uh, at that point to say listen you know it's out of our control absolutely the other guy who yeah. i felt a bit disappointed by was praveen amre who's a very experienced uh, you know cricketing coach and player ex india player right mm-hmm. and he's of an age where he probably has seen a bit more life than the likes of pant and thakur for him to actually i think he was signaling to roman powell to ask for a drs review i'm like what's going on here yeah. <laughs> so and he entered the field of play right he entered the field of play exactly. as What well and that is really you know especially with the covid situation mm. with dc that even brings it into a whole another realm of how inappropriate that was but you know you know disappointing but but thankfully nothing really serious came of it I'm sure there will be some fines or reprimands coming from it um that would be akin to a slap on the wrist. I think things went boil over a bit too much but uh Pant will learn his lesson from this. There's no doubt about it. I don't think it's something to be very alarmist about. Um I think it was just, you know, situationally that DC camp is under the pressure right now and that game just showed how much pressure and and they had very close games in a quick succession as well so you know these things happen i can understand why in the camp things went that way and ajit you really spelled it out as well before the way that you did now let's get back to the on field uh, uh, on field <laughs> yes. uh, play um, so obed mccoy looks like a finisher wow. he's been given a few runs to play with but i think he traveled a little as well hmm. i tell you what ajit get in hit per six is like getting punched in the face by Mike Tyson. I've said that so many times probably everywhere I go. But mm-hmm. um it just seems like that happened to him today, you know. He's 6 and a 4 in, in the middle overs I'm talking about that over that went haywire. And he just then one slipped out of his hand and then a couple of wides down the legs side and then it's all of a sudden you you've gone extremely expensive and there seems no way back. You know, um had that final over been less than 30 they would have you know you just thought so anything could have happened with obed bowling right it did not mm. fill you with confidence it was actually um the fans knew it as well you know when he, when rovman hit the first one everyone's ears went up and said wait a minute this could be possible even after the first one right absolutely i mean after the third one i think everybody was in a bit of ecstasy mixed with shock because of no ball not being called and still yeah, yeah. three sixes in a row right i mean i yeah. really appreciate the mindset mm-hmm. roman paul carried i think he's had a very um, a low yielding tournament so far and he would be very happy yeah. with what he did today i think he, today he had the clarity just go out there and express yourself it doesn't matter win loss right and that's exactly what he got to do yeah it suited him perfectly and the other thing well i thought a couple of overs in the middle when i think ashwin and uh, mainly chahal as well well they were bowling i think they 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 bought enough time for their bowlers towards the end so look in a high scoring game of 200 plus on both sides i mean come on 230 430 runs uh, yeah. you see prasid krishna 22 for 3 and ashwin 2 for 32 and chahal 1 for 28 of their full quotas that's quite something i think yeah. that was yes. what won them the game and i dare say another six this way or that way i dare say it was that close i mean i know the runs are a bit more but fantastic fantastic game of cricket so also a special word of mention to rishabh pant himself who took uh, riyan parag to the cleanest 22 runs in the over lalit yadav who stood yeah. till the end along with powell right yeah. and of course 
uh, can't be uh, leaving out Josh Butler and uh, you know another hundred, third hundred in the campaign. Wow! Yeah, man, incredible. And and like you say, man, that bowling, you know, um, it was really just Trent Bolt and uh, Obed McCoy that were really expensive there. You know, um, that one over from Parag, of course, you know, twenty two, but um, still, it just shows that. even if the spinners choke you that you can still find another way out um to get 200 on the board that's amazing to me uh, considering how well the spinners did in the situation right um uh, so really incredible is there any answer now for just butler i've heard the term universe just being mm. thrown around i've ad- adopted it myself now nice. <laughs> because his form is absolutely incredible Um, we've got to find a way to stop this guy. I'm sure the bowlers and the statisticians are working on it, but um, he just seems unstoppable. Kohli's 400s in a season is seriously under threat of being equaled or even overtaken. Yes. Right? We all thought nobody would ever make 400s in a single IPL season. This guy very well might. I mean, mm. his team has enough games, and if the way they're going, if they qualify for uh, one of the knockout games, they he'll he'll get himself more games, right? And mm-hmm. he does have the big match temperament, so. i would not write him off uh, you know overtaking that uh, number of hundreds that kohli made yeah. so from this game i think we should quickly jump over to the other rajasthan royals game where mm-hmm. it was again another crazy high scoring thriller yeah. and there well it was all yashwendra chahal right that four wickets in that over so rajasthan royals made 217 thanks to another butler 100 and beautiful mm-hmm. contributions in the top order but well kolkata knight riders kept going so finch 58 shreyas ayer 85 and then sort of they drop the card so from something like 2 for 148 let's say mm-hmm. they suddenly slip to like uh, yeah 8 for 180 with all their hitters gone what uh, what do you recall about that game and what are your thoughts on that well the kkr inning um you know they've been struggling with the bat you know they're lucky that in that game shiras i uh, uh tried his best to bring it home right uh is that uh, how much did they capitulate to you said well they went from 148 for 2 to 180 for 8 you know what what stands out with rajasthan um and kkr for me is the approach in the power play for the batsmen right it it two completely different approaches kkr have been struggling they have failed to get going in the power play they've tried sunil narain in the last game and it's going to be interesting to see if they try him again in the next um because my understanding is he got run out without facing a ball um, absolutely so so is that experiment going to continue with sunil narain i think that's uh, everyone knows is a way of kkr's batting problem and they're going to tr- have to try to find a solution my gut instinct tells me sunil opens again because he never really had a a go and and just in the long term thinking about that opening position is sunil narain a long term option i don't think so i think he's the kind of guy you want against certain oppositions or certain attacks because he's not really going to be that consistent opener so th- that's what stands out for me just butler you know a- another 100 in that game right but mm-hmm. i i just want to say about this game this game he didn't start his fluid normal innings that we've seen so far he actually struggled a bit mistimed a few early on and he he kind of just uh, put his head down and, and got through that phase and still got a 100 you know so that that's what's really impressive to joss now and and if he can do that again i don't think there's any stopping him but yeah i hope i didn't diverge from the game too much but that's what uh, was fresh on the mind no no i think you you have it right and yeah. look for me it was that over where yeswender chahal took a hat trick and four in the over and mm-hmm. apart from that that one dismissal that ashwin affected a first ball yeah. duck for a certain andrew russell wow right? wow so yeah. I thought maybe they got a bit too excited and sent Andrew Russell one or two um, no numbers higher than he should have. But that's all now in the past, right? So if he had clicked, they would have won with like three overs to spare or something, and we right, would not be right. talking. So uh, in the end, Umesh Yadav hit a bit, a bit unlucky for him that he lost his uh, stumps to uh, McCoy in the last over. But he kept them going, he, like twenty-one of nine, right? So what I liked is the fighting spirit. So if you know if you look at most of these teams including the new ones gujarat titans and uh, lsg they don't look like their uh, teams that are new they look because they have enough experience yeah. as well in their uh, lineups they look like you know properly well drilled down ipl teams able to compete properly and normally with all the big boys right 
yeah. but then uh, it would be amiss if we don't talk about two of the big boys mumbai who are you are into win <laughs> and chennai who won at least one two right and chennai at least one again against mumbai yesterday so what's what do you think is wrong with the mumbai camp what's suddenly going wrong there wow uh look the, the two new teams are start there because you just mentioned it but but uh, i just like that the talent is now spread some more when what we've seen is now uh, the youngsters have started the ipl it's not about starting with an experienced squad and then working them in we've seen basically every single franchise start with a couple of youngsters right and and they've done well they've they've slotted in which is not really that surprising um the two big franchises not doing well mumbai i think tactically they've been all over the place right in terms of their personnel how they manage their players and their assets in the games um analysts will tell you they've got a lot of matchups wrong probably more so than any other team but they've always tended to do their own thing mumbai so you know they kind of trusted it there was a season they lost five in a row and had a massive comeback after that you know a lot of fans were hoping that that this would happen but the truth is now they're at a nadir and they it's it's almost like a changing of the guard and you have to say it um rohit sharma and, and kishan at the top not getting runs doesn't make it any easier it puts a lot of pressure on sky and the couple of the youngsters that are in that mid, in in middle order you know and um yeah that's it on mumbai specifically csk similar problem yes they lost a couple of key players I think CSK lack a, a tearaway pace and my understanding is they've got a kid on the bench that can do that so why not give them a go I think CSK maybe was a team that didn't want to give youngsters a chance when everyone else is you know that's just off the top of my head Ajit but yeah that's mm. what it seems like No I think you you've hit most of the points yeah. I had in my mind as well and mm. look it's also about I don't know if uh, they missed the old camaraderie they had Quinton de Kock the Pandya brothers there was some loss of personal some key personal that they lost of those i can think of these three already and trent port right. without a doubt yeah. right so yeah. it can take a toll uh, how about uh, chennai another quick analysis will the dads army do anything more this season or are they just uh, getting ready for the next one oh man i'm sure they're still in contention i would not write any team off the competition is really good it's not that that, that you know a team is out of form and you just turn up and beat them the same thing with mumbai you've got to put the performances in to beat them they're, they're not a rollover everyone thought sunrisers would go down that route and they've come back you know kane williams they say the approach of sunrisers and kane williamson is not appropriate for ipl but yet it it wins games and yet we see just potler start like Kane Williamson and finish one today. So I think you know CSK Gaikwad let them down at the top of the order but they have um some guys in the middle that are propping it up. Uh, Dubey comes to mind, Utapa Raidu, um solid performers. Their bowling department um you know Dwayne Bravo is going to have to play every single game but he needs some backup in the wicket departments, you know. Uh, I think it's really the bowling that let them down. and i would love to see them like i said is it hangra chika on the on the bench uh, i may have ruined that pronunciation right. but yeah that is a tough name hangar geker yeah yeah, yeah that's all right there you go yeah yeah but you know that's that's how i see this psk uh, team yeah i think again you're right and also i think they believe that their formula is going to still come good and they have right. more youngsters than most years must be said they are also sort of looking at the future but for me well i think captaincy usually one of the most important facets of any chennai team was always the way the captain led from the front right and it's a it's a huge pair of shoes to fill and uh, for for somebody who's not known naturally for his captaincy jadeja it might not come that easily but i will not still write him off it's it's a learning season for him as well and uh, let's see what they're able to manage so i would say it will not be a write off they'll try to still salvage maybe five games five wins maybe right. six wins in the season that would be a good return because considering the way they started they'll settle for that i think yeah yeah definitely all right i think we should have a quick uh, chat about uh, one of the main players of that team mumbai team mm-hmm. that is and also somebody who suddenly made news recently Kyren Pollard has uh, decided to retire from international cricket. What are your thoughts on this? Wow. Well, you know, initially it's out of the blue, you know, uh, if you're not in no one saw it coming because uh, we we all thought that he would see it out until the end of this World Cup. 
But then when you when it sinks in, you realize that he's probably been planning this for a while because it seems like he's thought it over and the timing is it's planned and in his control. So um, five months, six months till the World Cup. You look at that time, I think, um, does he leave us in a tough spot? Not necessarily, you know. Um, I'll be honest, some would say, does he even merit a, a spot on the team? But I, I wouldn't go that down that road on West Indies, but I have to mention it, because especially now in Mumbai, where the same questions are being asked. But I think that in his absence during his tenure, T20 captain of West Indies, there were times when he was injured or had a little bit of an injury and was not available. There was an entire series where Puran captained the team. And I believe he won that series. So I think Puran is, is a capable captain. He's going to have Jason Holder there as the most experienced guy with him and a former captain. So that's going to be fine if Hetmeyer is in the team. That's another guy who is a capable leader on the field. So um, with the experience there, I think Puran is a guy for the job. I'm not... Pollard, incredible career. You know, you could, they're going to sing his, his praises till the end of the day, so you don't need me to sing the praises. I'm just saying in perspective, it's not the worst thing in the world to go into, to have six months now to prepare a team led by Nicholas Puran for the World Cup because there are 17 IP, uh, West Indian players in the IPL right now. That 17, more or less, is going to be our World Cup squad. Maybe one or two come in and maybe a few are not available or retired. So it's not hard to see what our World Cup squad is going to be. And we have a CPL coming up before the World Cup. We have several T20 series against India, New Zealand, Bangladesh, and a couple more series. So that's a lot of time. That's a lot of series in West Indies terms uh, for us to say, you know, in a T20 World Cup going forward, that's what we want to do. Now, I'm already looking forward, but I, maybe I didn't talk about Pollard. I'm talking about the effects of the Pollard retirement because we have to see a solution here mm -hmm. but yeah i think i think that pollard is saying we we don't know what happens behind the scenes i know that with phil simmons he would have a coach that he would have a hundred percent backing you know he's a captain of west indies means the board has a hundred percent backing so it's got to be like he said in his release that it's person it's his personal choice of the traveling and the rigors of preparing for all of these uh, tournaments for West Indies as well as the franchise schedule. Now, I'll say this. Had you looked at Pollard's schedule with all the white ball for West Indies plus franchise cricket for the rest of the year, you're going to see that, you know, it, it's, it's packed. He was going to have to trade off all of his franchise stuff for the West Indies for the rest of the year. So mm -hmm. maybe now at this time, it, it makes sense for him both financially and physically to say, look, I think Puran is ready. You know, that's the way I see it. Um, the, would I rule out Pollard coming back? No. And I, I would not rule out Dwayne Bravo coming back as well. But uh, for the moment, they're both retired. And, you know, I just thank them for the service because Pollard has made the team white ball teams, both the ODI team and uh, T20 team, a lot better. And he's put in a lot of structure and foundation stuff. Set, set the bar a little bit higher than it has to be. And, that's what we expect from everyone. I can say that Pollard has passed on the battle in that regard, for sure. It's not a step backward from him that while his tenure was while he was in his tenure. Very interesting. Very interesting to yes. hear. Uh, I was hoping you you would have a bit more anger or a bit more frustration that he pulled out in a World Cup year where you know potentially uh, his experience and his performances could have really helped the West Indies. But I can see the perspective you are offering, but. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, you're somebody who's probably closer to the setup in West Indies and you know a thing or two from within the, uh, you know, what happens within the house, so to say. And uh, if I were to ask you, uh, was there something else behind the scenes that are not yet visible to us and may come out at, on one day, which may have led him to sort of uh, retire uh, for me a bit abruptly, but as you say, he's been probably thinking about it long enough. Well, you know, if something else would come out, I'm sure there would be a more detailed explanation later on because, you know, a lot of these things just go um, into, the, you know, this generic thing of, you know, I can't, my body just can't take it, you know. At age 34, you're saying that the traveling commitments, uh, you know, the scheduling and your physicality is basically, uh, is it going to show up that maybe something behind the scenes politically or with the board has had an influence? I think we're going to hear that from Pollard himself, but that's, we're never going to hear that for sure until 
five years, 10 years down the road. I really wish it's not anything like that. Like I say, I mentioned Phil Simmons because Phil Simmons has a contract until 2023. And in all estimations, they had such a good relationship. I thought Pollard would have been at least seen it off to the World Cup, if not follow through on the same timeline as Phil Simmons. And then maybe both both pass the, the baton on. But like I say, it's not the worst. I think, you know, yes, he, you look at his contributions for West Indies, a lot of the time he changed the game, even with his bowling, right? Um, he's going to be missed, you know? No, no one has that sort of experience and, and captaincy on the field like, like Pollard. But we, he's not going to be there forever. And Pollard himself said, you know, he, he did this. It, the fact that he did it after being exiled from West Indies for a while is, is what's incredible. You know, so again, I, I'm thankful for it. And there might be some stuff behind the scenes. You know that in the fan base, a lot of fans have called for Pollard's head as captain while he was the captain. But we are accustomed to that in the fan base because it's all about, you know, well, he's from Trinidad or this one's from Jamaica. And they pull them in different directions, right? Um, and they, and they sometimes the politic, politicians involved sometimes use that to their advantage, you know, divide and rule sort of thing. And I'll say it, you know, but... He's never hinted to that, you know, but uh, just to address it, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So, hmm, some, some, some few things that might come out in an autobiography one day. I'm looking forward to such a book. If at all, there's anything to be read, <laughs> right? All right. That was, I would think, a fairly comprehensive coverage of our uh, IPL games that we wanted to discuss. So if you were to move on to some of the other cricketing news from around the cricketing world, so the one that stands out, of course, is uh, the Joe Root saga. What a week he's had, man. <laughs> Joe Root, man. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pleasing, but also funny. It's funny that West Indies was a nail in his coffin. You know, who would have expected that, right? But uh, uh, we would laugh at Joe Root and West Indies because England are kind of like rivals, you know, because he, he's just won an award as one of the best batsmen over the last year, right? He's won the Wisdom Award, has he? Yes. And uh, and just just before winning it, he stepped down as captain. So, w- would I even be surprised if he's reinstated as captain? I would not, right? If if there's the the new appointment of of Rod of Rob Key mm-hmm. uh, that happens, you know, uh, my understanding was that he came in, or maybe there's some synergy there. Either way, you have it. Um, Root. Root was not hailed as the best captain for England. Fair enough. But his performances over the year remind me of like Brian Lara when West Indies were always losing. Lara was still making hundreds, you know, and Root was still there trying his best. Maybe not the best captaincy decisions. Biggest criticism of him, overworking the bowlers. Archer, we saw Stokes in the Caribbean when he was supposedly supposed to have a lighter workload. You know, that's a huge criticism, but he's trying to win games. And the bowler didn't refuse, you know, uh, but which bowler would. So, you know, a lot of it might be unfair. I would say uh, Root was just doing the best with what he had uh, available and might be a bit unfair, but um, I think England do need things in a new direction. They do need some leadership to steady that Ted team in particular. I can't agree more. I think he's, he's also tired of doing the job, right? 64 tests mm-hmm. as a captain, it, it takes a lot out of you. I mean, it's a, it's a pity. I think it's, this has been mentioned elsewhere that Joe Root, the batter, couldn't rescue the England team. And I think Joe Root, the captain, was a bit too much of a nice guy at times. Maybe, maybe. We don't know this. And uh, yeah, it remains to be seen if uh, if in the rest of the career he remains as successful as he was with the bat during this last year or so. And we wish him all the best as a batsman. You know, there are a bunch of these going around in world cricket, right? You have Kohli for India, you have you'll have Joe Root. And in teams like Pakistan, you'll have Azhar Ali. And you'll always have a bunch of these players who are all ex-captains and now senior uh, statesmen in the team. It's always nice to have their counsel for whoever the new captain is. But then that brings us to the next question. You already mentioned Robki as the new director of ECB Men's Cricket. And, you know, he also seems like an up-and-up guy, straightforward guy. Um, whom do you see as potential captaincy choices if you, you were to be Robki for uh, the next couple of minutes? If I had to be Rob Key, I would have to have a lot of first-class runs to my name, which he does. And uh, he's, the, he's one of the few batsmen that got um, top scores, like one of the top run scorers in first-class season-by-season um, mm-hmm. season breakdown, right? I think he crossed a uh, 1,000 runs a lot 
we'll see. Um, okay. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but he has the first class experience. I know that. And that's the kind of guy you want in your cricket. Um, who will he identify as captain? Look, Stokes is obviously the clear guy of the one guy that can make that team on merit day in, day out. Uh, will he want the leadership? Is he, does he have the characteristics to, to lead England? I'm, I'm not too sure, right? So it, it's difficult. I would, I would lean toward Stokes if he's up for it. I, I can't imagine someone wouldn't be. But of course, you know, uh, I, I'm looking at the England County Championship. There's so many guys making runs. There's Alistair Cook making runs. There's uh, Anderson and Broad are set to feature soon. So, you know, th that's the big question. You know, there was so much said about the Broad and Anderson issue that I think what, you know, Anderson could have been that, that temporary leader to relieve uh, Joe Root of that captaincy and, and even see in some bowlers. I, they had already begun to rotate Broad, you know, so... Yes, there was a bit too much said of the Broad and Anderson saga, but I think Anderson would have been the perfect uh, captain. No one's saying anything about that. Well, I would have uh, picked his bowling partner, Broad, yeah. as a yeah. potential successor. Uh, and you're right. I expect, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, they both will get to feature at some point in time during the upcoming uh, English summer. But uh, I also think uh, Broad would make, a better captain than Stokes simply because he'll handle, he's good at handling all the limelight. And, you know, uh, right. he, he's, he's, he's been doing that for a while and he's not as much of a bad boy, I must say, as Stokes. But that in <laughs> itself is not a, that in itself is not something that takes away. There have been very famous bad boy captains in the past. So for me, as you say, maybe mentally, Stokes is not yet there. He's had a tough last year, right? He lost his father and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know if he's there mentally where he wants to captain the team full-time, the test uh, team at least, because uh, Owen Morgan is still there in the limited door setup. So that, that's going to be one thing, but also maybe have a youngster as the deputy or one of the deputies, right? So if you say Sam Billings or Zach Crawley, any one of these, you want to give them a chance to be an understudy for like half a year or so, in which time uh, maybe it's Broad or maybe it's Stokes takes over as the captain and then it can be seen if how these youngsters are progressing and then uh, usually most most people like to appoint a batsman a top order batsman as a captain because one because of the temperament two because of you know less chances to miss a game due to injury and so on so maybe it might just go around like we might see a bunch of international fast bowlers being captains that would be good you know india have just with bumrah in their sides as well who knows so it's going to be interesting couple of months but uh, I still think the it'll fall upon Stokes. Uh, I don't see Broad really being brought in out of nowhere. But mm -hmm. yeah, I would love for Broad to actually come in and take the captaincy. But let's see how that goes. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's say unfortunate news about uh, Netherlands coach Ryan Campbell, former Australian keeper, who's actually had a heart attack and was in a coma until very recently in the UK. He's still not very stable. So we wish him all the best. A quick recovery. And uh, his family, a lot of strength in these slightly trying times. So any interaction with this guy at all uh, in your travels? Oh, no, I wouldn't know of him. But, you know, it's a sad story to read about. It's, uh, especially, I know, Netherlands cricket is in a transition period right now. Um, so, you know, he would have had been playing a key role there in that time of turbulence. So, you know, thoughts and prayers with him and his family, you know. Absolutely. Look, they're having a yeah. very heavy season. I mean, for them, mm -hmm. that is. Because mm -hmm. we have New Zealand visiting. We have West Indies playing a couple of games. And Pakistan mm -hmm. also playing a three-ODI series. So, plenty of cricket there. So, uh, they would definitely miss him both on and off the field, the New Zealand, uh, the Netherlands cricket team. Well, speaking of the Netherlands cricket team, there has been a bit of a change in the background with, uh, you know, uh, Guido Landher. Uh, he's been appointed the new chairman of the KNCB board. In fact, the, um, the AGM was only a couple of days ago on the 20th. And uh, he's been appointed the new, uh, you know, the president of the board, the chairman of the board. And we would like to wish him all the best in the job. It's, it's uh, as you said, there has been some turbulence also off the field within the board. And we hope all yeah. of this settles down. Yeah. You know, uh, Ajit, I did, I did uh, do a stint with Cricket Canada. And mm -hmm. uh, that was my first uh, foray into, into um, Associate Nations cricket. And I have to tell you, there's a lot of talent out there in Associate Nations cricket. So to see that what is happening in Netherlands uh, and the, the caliber of opponents they've got coming in and that they were able to sort out their off-the-field issues and now have a, a, a fresh new board 
in some sense coming in i think it, it it set a good precedent for the rest of the world because the other associate nations suffer from the same uh symptoms of 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 administration that you know they, they're trying to get the right formula and if netherlands can do that and other associate nations can do it they can uh, help other countries emerge uh from the associate nations as well clear enough couple of quick mentions in terms of uh, new appointments in terms of board positions so you have uh, ex uh, pcb ceo wasim khan who's been appointed the icc general manager i mean the story broke literally as we started recording so oh. that's a well deserved uh, appointment i would say uh, congratulations and good luck to mr wasim khan also another uh, couple of good good uh, news or uh, heartening news if you are a pakistani cricket fan because one pakistan's abid ali who actually had suffered a heart attack in a game not so long ago about 4 months ago had an angioplasty and had to recover is now uh, is now recovered in such a way that he's able to make a comeback so we hear uh, he played a club game recently and is looking forward to a bit of uh, first class cricket if possible in pakistan that's very very nice news because at some point in time you know we we all remember what happened to james taylor so sometimes it's yeah. very yeah. scary to hear a cricketer's career uh, might come to a premature end but we are really happy to hear you know abid ali is back on the field back on his feet and really comfortable that's great news another good news well uh, sri lankan women will be touring pakistan for a limited overs international tour uh, in the summer months may june it will be a bit uh, trying i think weather wise but all international cricket going back to pakistan is good news if you are a fan of international cricket uh, do you know yeah yeah of course sri lanka women would be keen to get back onto the field after you know they felt a, a bit um, hard done by with the with the world cup uh, what happened in the recent world cup so you know kudos to them getting out there i'm sure atapatu and company will be keen to to get playing cricket again right absolutely and they have some superstars that would want to you know also do their bats and ball talking right yeah, yeah. all right those are all the news that we wanted to really discuss in this episode but you know i can't let you go without uh, <laughs> having a couple of juicy stories from the Ooh. from your travels around the world let I, me get my lawyer on the phone yeah. yes yes do that i mean don't <laughs> worry don't worry yourself you know me as well as our listeners we are a fairly anodyne folk but i agree you know everything we say on the internet will stay here forever so who knows yeah yeah <laughs> it's all good man i'm glad to be here share anything you would like to as much as i can i'm that's what i'm here for absolutely so give us a couple of yeah. interesting stories that you know from your uh, experiences playing with uh, or i mean working with international cricketers if there are any nice stories that you would like to narrate funny ones or maybe something that would show us another side of a cricketer i'm just all ears oh man there's so many you you have to like point me in the right direction but i'll tell you one that uh, really stands out to me is uh, my over the years i've had several interactions with rahul dravid that i've been very grateful for um with he was the coach of the uh, india under 19s uh, for a couple world cups um west indies won against india in 2016 uh with five pacers in that final and then uh, the the next world cup two years later india won the final with four four or five tear away pacers and you know that was just a running joke i i, I remember meeting him after the final and uh, after the final of the 2016 under 19 world cup he asked me he said what happened why where were your spinners today and he said we didn't need them. i just told him we didn't need them we just uh, decided to go with the five pacers because mm. he, he said it, they were a, part of their plan was we expected west indies to bowl their two part time spinners in the middle overs as we did all tournament long and in the final we didn't and you know he said that actually threw them off because they were plans to milk those guys and it didn't happen and you know just as it would happen that two years later i meet him at the next world cup i said what happened how did you guys pull pull off that win he said it's easy we just copied you guys and got five good paces <laughs> that's that's two years later and i you know i was lucky to uh, spend a four day game with rahul dravid and uh, the india a analyst uh, in england actually so india a is playing west indies a team in england uh, it's a tri series the england a team is involved as well right and um you know at one of the venues uh, there's only one video feed and you know the the two analysts myself and the india analyst were sat together for four days sharing the same information you know it's very open it's about development it's not really competitive to say i would hide my 
info from you at that level at, at a team level so you know we're sharing information comparing notes and you know thankfully Raul Javid comes by and he spends three of those four days with us there because you know that's the hub of information is coming in that little tent area we're in at that venue in Kent you wow. know so to, to spend four three four days to, to interact with Raul Javid you know it's like a dream come true it was so casual but yet it was you know I've always idolized him as a young man coming up and then, you know, it's to just chat with him, you know, he's friends with Shiv Narayan Chandapol. He asked the story about how's my friendship going. Luckily, I do know a few uh, funny stories about Shiv that I shared with him. And, you know, and it just, he just was very open about asking about uh, uh, West Indies cricket and, you know, sharing information with us. At that time, the young guys on the A team were Rishabh Pant and Pratif Shaw and those guys, right? And, you know, I was keen to ask him, you know, how, how the, uh, even at that stage, we knew they were going to be, you know, senior players for India, right? Mm. Um, during that A-team time. And I was asking him, how do you get the best out of these guys? And he was, you know, sharing his information. And, and you know, I just, that's just one that stands out. But there's so many uh, different stories I could tell you, like, especially in the West Indies, like the Dwayne Bravo. The people might not know that Dwayne Bravo does not drink alcohol, you know, and he's this party animal always dancing always lively you would think that he's this party guy but he doesn't i guess that's widely known in india but um he's he's very a very generous guy and um you know even coming up in trinidad you know he's he's such an influential guy in trinidad and Pollard as well these guys always have uh advice to give uh cricketers in trinidad you know so i i you know i should write a book at it because i can i could just stop I, I could just keep going all day long. I mean, I'm I'm very happy to listen to you, but I'm sure yeah. I'll have you back on the <laughs> podcast again so that you can give us more yeah. of these. You know, you're making me green and green with jealousy. I'll prepare next time, man. I'll have some juicy Absolutely. ones for you, right? That's what I'm, you just tell me uh, any any direction you want me to go in next time. Perfect. So that leaves me with one more question for you. Mm-hmm. So if you were to start your career as an analyst, so... Mm-hmm. There are many ways in which you can contribute to a cricket team and analyst is one of the more important roles these days. So to budding analysts out there, right? Uh, what's, what would you recommend? You've worked long enough in the role, you know how, how it goes. So I'm very, I'm very thankful if you could give some tips to our listeners, any budding analysts out there who might want to listen and you know learn how it goes. So what would you say? Well, I'll tell you this, I, I just, you know, um, before I plug my own stuff, I, I always tell guys, uh, there, there's there's two types of analysts, generally speaking. They're the guys who sit behind the computer who are very IT savvy and can and are very mathematically savvy, and they can give you the algorithms. They can do the get the information, code for you, and you know get you the stats on a on a snap of a finger, right? But they're strong on IT skills, and then there are guys who are strong on coaching skills or who have played cricket. For most of their life, who've been out there in the sun, getting hit from knocked over from bouncers and stuff like that, with with bruises all over their their knuckles and stuff like that. And then, so there's these two guys who have basically have a good skill set who can become analysts, but each one doesn't have what the other has, that experience, you know. And to be an analyst, you have to kind of walk that middle ground in between. So if you are an IT guy. Get a coaching badge. If you're a co- if you're a player or coaching guy, get your IT skills up. You know, and you have to walk that middle ground. You know, um, so people wonder what are the skills needed. That's what you do. And you know, I I can I always have workshops. Um, I'm, I'm spread a bit thin this year. I will do a couple of workshops this year where I do how to get into analyst analysis and how to get into your local club and wh- what's the pathway. For that, you know, and um, what are the avenues? How do you upskill yourself and what's available? Now, online, um, I am on LinkedIn. Uh, as My name is Dinesh Mahabir. I'm on LinkedIn. And I, that's the platform I use to share this information. And I'll give away a little secret. That's where all the performance an- analysts are in cricket. They're all on LinkedIn. And, you know, as looking, I was always looking for these guys. And over the years, I've connected with each analyst. I'm lucky to know some IPL analysts right now, um, guys in England, guys in South Africa. Or, or after years of working, I've connected with them, not knowing they were on LinkedIn the whole time. It could have saved me so much trouble. 
But anyway, if you can connect to me on that platform, because a lot of the analysts are there and they share their work uh, on that platform, I find it very easy. And I also point people in the right direction, like I say, coaching on how to do it, where to get the skills that you need online or in person, uh, what are the skills you need based on your skill set. You know, that's important. There's, you see, Ajit, I know I, I said a lot there, but um, there's not a standard operating procedure. It's not an established career or role yet. And it's, it's getting there. But it, can you imagine, Ajit, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I started doing this? Uh, pe people, mm -hmm. it was absolutely insane. People were like, oh, you've got to be mad. Why are you doing this thing cricket? You know, and the whole Moneyball revolution. And even now, it's sad to see that um, it's it's like being a coach, you know. There's not that many coaches associations in place to support you to be a coach and say, this is the pathway of a coach. And you do this, then you do this, and you, you progress. You know, that foundation is lacking. And it's the same thing mm -hmm. in analysis. So I try to give people what I never had, which is some mentorship and some guidance in a field that is kind of out there. You know, it's kind of liquid it's not fully form formed yet and you know like like a lot of things in cricket it's kind of protected and you know it's kind of an industry secret you know so i'm trying to blow the lid on the secrets because i'll tell you what i've seen a lot of guys on social media on different platforms that have mm -hmm. that have produced work that are better than what professional teams have i'm not calling any names right but i've seen it and i know who's better than what they have and you know, I, I, I try to keep up with what the rest of the world is doing because I want to know who's on the cutting edge. And and it's still got a long way to go, Ajit, because, uh, like I said, no established pathway. But I hope that helped a little bit and I didn't toot my horn too much. But, yeah. <laughs> First of all, you can toot your horn as much as you wish. <laughs> we are happy to have you and we are grateful for that. And, look, somebody like you does deserve to toot his horn. That's one thing. The other one, of course, as you say, it's not an easy job to simply, it, there's no startup for this. So the more information that you put out there, the more it's going to help people sort of follow this path and eventually it will become a well-trodden path, right? Yeah. yeah. So as always, uh, wonderful pleasure, this chat, and I hope uh, there'll be many more like this. So thanks a lot for uh, making an appearance on this podcast with us. Yeah, thank you so much, Ajit. When you reached out to me, um, you know, I was genuinely excited that you would consider me because I know the caliber of guests you have here. Like I say, I, I've done a little bit of research. I don't just dive into shark-infested waters before I, I see what kind of sharks are there, if you know what I mean. But enough of the metaphors, man. I really appreciate it being here. You found a, a new fan. Now I will listen to everything that uh, because I have been listening to recently and I will continue to uh, listening as well and hopefully I can come back a little bit more prepared next time uh, to give you something a little spicy from the Caribbean how about that all right it should it has to be something other than the jerk chicken <laughs> but you know what I mean there you go. all right thanks a lot and uh, we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they are listening from and uh, hope to have your company again in the upcoming episodes have a nice day bye-bye this is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.